0: Hello and welcome to Fine Laws Don't Judge Me, the show about the law in real life. I'm Baby He Metha, joined by my co host this week, Joe Fabish. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Good. It's good to have you back. And we got Andy Leonetti as Prioge. Hello, hello. And we are out, Laura Temi, today. Uh, but we have some a weird, we have a fun two parter coming up, coming at you uh, this week and next because we decided it was. Time to rein in the crazies and tell you all about some of the outrageous lawsuits. You win some, you lose some, apparently. Uh, But some of the most ridiculous, uh, maybe frivolous lawsuits that were made over, um, I don't know, the past decade or two. And the ones that surprisingly did not lose.
1: Frivolous is in the eye of the... Of the individual <laughs> judge
0: <laughs> <This is laughs> true,
1: working on the yep. case.
0: And some of these cases y'all will already be familiar with. Uh, unsurprisingly, the famous Mickey D's coffee burn case, which Joe is going to tell us more about.
2: Yeah, so none of these listicles of the top craziest <laughs> lawsuits can avoid this ultimate famous case where... Of course, a older adult woman. She was about 79 years old. She ordered a cup of coffee along with her breakfast at McDonald's.
1: She was in the passenger seat. Let she me stop. In. Let me stop you right there. What's your go-to McDonald's breakfast order?
2: Oh, my gosh. Ooh, that's a good question. I like a sausage McMuffin.
1: <sighs> okay. Vader?
0: Okay, you guys know I am still mostly plant-based and grew up vegetarian, so I grew up with one option, but it was, in my opinion, the best option, the hash brown. Hash I browns. I hope, do they still nice. have those? It's those honestly. Those are still,
1: they're the crispiest hash browns crispiest on the Crispiest hash planet. browns.
0: And like not, also mm-hmm. not hash browns. They're like one large tater tot. Yeah. Not a hash brown. Yeah. But I still love it.
1: <laughs> I agree. Mine is hash, one hash brown, two egg McMuffins. Okay.
2: And they actually have, we are not getting paid by McDonald's, but they do ha- now have surprisingly good coffee. So I, I will <laughs> occasionally never get coffee. They
0: had bad coffee. They just had dangerous coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as
2: as this poor woman found out. So yeah, she she pulled into a parking spot. She was in the passenger seat. Uh, you know how it is with a full cup of hot coffee. She opened up the lid a little bit uh, just to kind of get get some air in there. And she spilled, and she was in a car seat that did not mm-hmm. allow her to just like no have cup it holders, right? Wash off. Yeah, there was no cup holder in the car, and the seat was was shaped in such a way that the hot liquid pooled in her lap, Oof. which was kind of the oh. worst thing that could happen. Oh my god! Because this coffee was between one hundred and eighty oh. yes. and one hundred and ninety degrees.
0: Yeah, and.
2: This this poor woman got third degree burns, and in researching this, I did look at the photos from the hospital. Oh my! And I would not recommend doing it because third degree burns nope. are,
0: are. It's not, not worth that forty nine cents, huh? Yeah,
2: yeah this know, is not the, a medical
1: the, podcast, so say no more. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll spare you the the horrifying details, but uh, she would she did immediately get. Rushed to the hospital Mm -hmm. Uh, So she was treated there She had something like $10,000 in medical bills And she asked McDonald's to pay for some of that Uh, McDonald's came back
1: with $800 And so she took (laughs) that And And, she said, well,
2: no, not quite
1: Here's one piece of the Monopoly game That may or may not
0: reveal (laughs) a $10,000 prize
2: (laughs) Exactly, yeah
0: I think the lesson here is corporations don't be greedy. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You could have cut your losses without all this bad publicity if you just well, had to be greedy. You know, anything.
2: actually, they didn't get bad publicity at all. The person who did get bad publicity True. was the True. woman True. because mm-hmm. newspapers picked up on this story, and that and the headline Gosh. was, you know, woman sues McDonald's for spilling her coffee and wins, mm-hmm. you know, over two million dollars. And, I, you know, you read that headline and the public was like, oh, our system of litigation in America is broken. This is ridiculous. You can. mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, this is the poster child, not just for, like, what people would say, like, frivolous lawsuits, but, like, tort reform, too, is always, they Mm -hmm. always talk about this case, too, like politicians and and activists. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, it was on late night talk shows. It was on you know, national news programs. And people really jumped on this as evidence that the system was broken. But people kind of lost sight of the facts with this case. This is actually not yeah. as frivolous of a lawsuit as you might think. She was not the only person... This this case took place in the early 90s. And she, at the time, was not the only person who had gotten seriously hurt by McDonald's coffee. Right. So... McDonald's did know that if you spilled its coffee, you were at risk for hurting yourself. Their argument was that it happened so rarely that it was statistically insignificant and they didn't have to worry about Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. which if you're a jury, you can say, well, statistics are one thing, but I'm looking at this photo Mm -hmm. of a woman with third degree burns that McDonald's could maybe have prevented by turning down the temperature a little bit,
0: which they didn't since I've heard that they haven't changed their coffee temperature since
2: yeah, they ended up paying something like $200,000 in compensatory damages so damages for like medical bills and that sort of thing. It was reduced because she was the one who spilled the coffee. So that's uh, a legal theory called contributory negligence. So she did get a reduced Mm -hmm. damages because her actions contributed to her injury. Uh, But then they also awarded $2.7 million in punitive damages. And that's the number Mm -hmm. that really stuck out. But the jury based it on two days of coffee sales for McDonald's nationwide. So that was kind of where the jury got that figure
1: from. <laughs> now we all use cup holders. <laughs> yeah, yes.
0: This was not a strict liability lawsuit then, Joe. This was um a, a theory of negligence against McDonald's, right? Like I said, I don't think McDonald's has lowered its temperatures of serving coffee, but the way that they, I guess, are... Fending off future negligence claims of the similar sort is by they they have since put in warnings on the cups, like on the on the foam cups that say like I don't know, really really hot or something. Warning, I don't. Know too hot have a warning, for human really consumption. Hot. <laughs> too hot to handle. <laughs> But like that's that's what their negligence avoidance action is instead of just reducing the temperature. I don't know why, um, but I think it continues. Like it it has since faced other lawsuits and and other companies like Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts um, and some British company have also faced similar lawsuits for mm-hmm. too hot um, of a serving temperature for their coffee. Yeah, one
2: well. of, one of McDonald's arguments in the case was that this was an industry standard. Uh, I, so I think a lot of fast food places and coffee shops keep their coffee pretty hot. I know I, it's gotten better, but I would always have to wait about fifteen minutes before I could even have a sip of the coffee that I was given at McDonald's. So, uh, yes, yeah,
0: yeah, or most places, or, yeah, honestly. yeah, most places for sure. You know what's a little bit less dangerous than two hundred degree coffee?
2: I don't know.
0: Uh, one inch too short on your sandwich.
2: That is devastating. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's it's a little it's devastating, but like not likely to result in third degree burns. What's devastating is
1: grass. that a foot long now costs twelve dollars at Subway. Thank you, oh, thank you, man. Joe Biden okay. and Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Assign blame how you will.
0: Yep, <laughs> blame it on Biden. So, uh, great tangent. Um, so y'all then might remember. Back, like, almost a decade ago, there was a whole lot of hoopla over, of course, Subway's $5 footlongs being, like, not quite a footlong. Yeah, there was actually a lot of legal action taken in relation to it. So back in 2013... Some Australian teen decides to measure his sando because teens are bored and will do anything. Someone had to do it at some point. You know, it was it was coming. (laughs) This this kid takes a photo, posts it on social media. This is like, I don't know. I think this is back when social media was still relatively new, at least new to me. But of course, it breaks the Internet like Wreck-It Ralph. And other people start measuring their sammies, post about it. Bitch at Subway. And honestly, the the poor chain tries to respond by press statements saying like, oh, we're sorry. We're going to try to be better and make sure everything is 12 inches and kosher. Um, Not literally kosher.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. that's This is not.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, Observant Jewish people of America, this is not. You did not hear it from me. Okay. um, As an aside, I assume y'all are familiar with stereotypes of Indian people owning certain specific businesses. Um, the people from my particular state in India basically own all the subways in addition to like Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins. And in America? TCBYs and every and every two-star hotel in America. Okay. Yep, all of them. <laughs> um, it's very specific. The point is that I consequently have worked at a subway just like, filling in for family friends and guys, I can tell you the bread is not really freshly made. It's, it's pre-made into breadsticks, thawed and baked morning of, uh, cause I was on bread duty. Um, I hate to break it to you. Folks, what's your, what's
1: your favorite subway order then?
0: Oh man, it's been so long and they have like since come up with new things, but I used to love the, um, one of the cheesy breads, it was like, oh, 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 it was Italian herbs and cheese. That was my favorite bread.
1: What, what yeah, do you get vegetarian. on your sandwich, though? What's your?
0: They used to have, they used to have mm-hmm. like a veggie patty. I don't know if they have it anymore mm-hmm. as a vegetarian. It was, I think Indians owned this place a lot because it was so vegetarian friendly. Um, you could have a lot of veggie orders there. So that was like kind of, that or Taco mm-hmm. Bell was vegetarian Indians. Joe, what's
1: your Subway order? I think, let's see,
2: probably an Italian BMT.
1: Nice. With
2: yeah. with pretty much everything, but lettuce, I go with the spinach, no lettuce. Oh, some
1: yeah. sweet sweet onion dressing. All yeah, right. It's, I'm it's I'm, quality. S- I'm spicy Italian with yeah. also every, also the works, subbing spinach for lettuce. Um, yeah. but I would do spicy mustard and vinegar and oil. Oh, that also sounds
0: good. (laughs) Oh, I liked their Miss Vicky's jalapeno chips. I I did not care for their cookies ever. Oh no, and a white white chocolate chocolate
1: macadamia nut cookie.
0: Oh god, (laughs) (laughs) just so underwhelming. (laughs) That "Eat Fresh" slogan is a little bit of a stretch, right? Because that bread is not exactly fresh. But to be fair, the yoga mats were made fresh that morning, though
1: I thought. (laughs) <laughs> don't you remember that don't you remember that, yeah, that lawsuit or whatever that they were using pieces of like yoga mat in their bread?
0: Oh jeez. Oh my god. Well, I will not be blamed here because I just took it from the freezer and thought it and baked it. I did not make the dough. And and to the circuit judge who eventually ruled in Subway's favor later in this lawsuit as you'll see. She she says, you know, against the plaintiffs, um she calls out their facts because she says they they pre-make these breadsticks, and all of the raw dough sticks weigh exactly the same. All of them have the same amount of yoga mat material. <laughs> so even if a roll fails to bake to a full 12 inches, it actually contains no less bread, no less Lululemon than any other did roll. She so,
1: me- did she, did what did she do, like weigh out the frozen?
0: You know how facts go in trial. She didn't do it, but she, the, the Subway's people were like... Look, we we weighed all of our breadstick dough. Maybe we underproofed
1: it a little bit or something. And so when it
0: baked up,
1: it was 11 inches (laughs) instead of 12.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she was like, same bread, even if it's technically an inch shorter. Anyway, back to 2013. All this hubbub is going on on the Internet. And of course, it catches the eye of lawyers just within days of the Aussie Kids Facebook post, plaintiffs' attorneys from everywhere come rushing in trying to get similarly situated people across the country and bring nine different cases. Joe talked a little bit on our Monsanto episode about class action versus multi-district litigations or MDLs and Subway also had the courts consolidate all of these cases across the country into an MDL at a single court in Wisconsin. But there was trouble seeking class damages, which which would be monetary damages for the class, um, because there was difficulty in establishing that each potential plaintiff or class member actually suffered harm because uh, actually a minority, a vast minority of the sandwiches, failed to live up to their advertised length. And so individual hearings would have to be made to identify which purchasers actually received undersized sandwiches. And by then, the social media meme had died down. Most people were just eating their sandwiches without measuring them at all. And so proving this was hard. And also the other element of injury was difficult to prove because, or or the, the element of materiality, Uh, which is a requirement for damages, was an obstacle because you'd have to identify which customers cared about having a little bit less than 12 inches in order to have suffered the harm, right? So there were a lot of reasons why they couldn't go forward, the attorneys couldn't go forward with class damages, like monetary damages, so they instead eventually filed Um, refiled a class complaint seeking only injunctive relief, meaning like we want Subway to do something differently um, instead of just giving us a bunch of money. They mediated and the parties agreed uh, in principle to a settlement in which Subway committed to implement some practices designed to ensure as much as it could, that sandwiches measured at least 12 inches long. Like they were supposed to use measuring tools and other quality control things to keep this from happening again. So after agreeing to these sort of injunctive terms, like what practices that Subway can change, um, they also uh, negotiated fees and eventually agreed to $520,000 in attorneys' fees and 500 awarded to each of 10. Five hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, not thousand dollars, awarded to each of ten named plaintiffs. So the settlement is originally granted, but then the Seventh Court, Circuit Court of Appeals, Federal Court, throws it out. The judge calls it calls the settlement utterly worthless, um, and she says that the customers' lawyers were not entitled to attorneys' fees for convincing Subway that it was better to make the case go away um, because it was such a frivolous case in her opinion. She said, a class action that seeks only worthless benefits for the class and yields only fees for class counsel is no better than a racket and should be dismissed out of hand. Um, Ooh, yeah, strong words. Yeah, that, that's the circuit judge's words. And, you know, there were, there were prominent class action critics arguing that it made no sense to awards so much in attorney's fees and so little to the plaintiffs, which I think is totally fair, right? Um, If you take that and and combine it with the fact that, you know, the set, like, it's hard to have bread uniformity. And uh, there was this whole dialogue about the fact that the amount of meat and cheese that's included with each sandwich is either standardized or customers can just keep telling you to add more toppings, you know? So, like, the fact that you have a a quarter-inch short, short of a foot long on on your bread length like doesn't actually diminish the quantities of toppings and meat and cheese so you're ultimately really getting the same food um <laughs> and always
1: got to always got to get those extra pickles
0: Oh yeah, I they don't charge extra and neither does like Chipotle in a lot of places they don't charge extra for some toppings and like sauces and right. condiments so I just right. go ham on all the veggies. Right. Why would you not? Yep. So all that is to say if you're really bored and a teenager, don't let ambulance chasers or footlong followers, whatever you want to call these uh, attorneys, get in your head about the fact that you have a real claim against a fast food corporation.
2: Although I could go for five hundred dollars in a sandwich right about now. So. Yeah, but <laughs> after all the
0: work that you in the hours that you put in participating, like I don't know how much each of these plaintiffs like put in in terms of like time and energy i could probably forego that little money right <laughs> <laughs> and this might have been a little bit more frivolous than the mcdonald's soup but wait till you hear what some people think they have uh, entitlement to based on advertising of food and beverage
1: speaking of yeasted products <laughs>
0: Great! Can always count on Andy for a solid transition.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we're going. We're switching up beverages. We we got the coffee out of the way, and now we can switch to beer. So the liquid bread. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a beer commercial, mm-hmm. but I watch football, and so I see beer commercials about every. I don't always seconds. watch mm-hmm. beer commercials, but when
0: <laughs> I do, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, as you can imagine, beer tries to present itself as a really, you know, fun time for everyone. Also, kind of, it's gotten a little bit away from this, but it very much used to be about a guy drinking beer. And then for some reason, he's at the beach and there's a handful of
1: beautiful women around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this guy has everything. Sometimes they, sometimes they appear out of thin air just by (laughs) cracking the can
2: <laughs> Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, so uh, this case also took place in the early 90s, so it was a little bit different of a time. Oh, that was uh, peak. Advertisers.
1: That was peak, yeah. like, bikini beer commercial time.
2: Yeah, they could get away with doing stuff like that that they couldn't anymore. And there was one man in uh Pennsylvania who did not appreciate the suggestion that beer was going to make your life better, uh, that you would all have a day at the beach and that women would appear by your side magically. Uh, And so he sued Anheuser-Busch, the largest beer distributor in the U.S., I think currently, but certainly at that time. Uh, So this was for Bud Light. And he sued. And again, the headlines here were a little misleading. But basically, the headlines were... Man sues Anheuser-Busch for lying about being able to attract oh women by using their product, right? So, basically, it's this sad, lonely guy in a basement drinking beer and wondering why beautiful women aren't magically appearing all around him. I thank God he uh, didn't
0: watch an Old Spice commercial. <laughs> the tickets are now diamonds. <laughs> You're <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, so uh, as you can imagine, again, the press had a field day. This is one of those cases that's kind of hard to believe that actually happened. But there is a little bit more meat to it than
1: was first apparent. Just like on
0: an 11-inch sandwich, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
1: and at this point, I have to stop you again. What is your go-to Anheuser-Busch product?
0: Oh, gosh, love it, Andy. (laughs) Well, you know what it's not? The lime Rita, because you know what the Bud Light Ritas don't have—they don't have tequila in them, which is that's true. The issue of another lawsuit, but that is for a later day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do not drink beer or any other okay. alcoholic beverages, so yeah, I uh, I can't tell Okay, you.
1: as a as a as a diehard St. Louisan, oh god, my my AB product of choice is Bud Select. Just I for cannot the say I've ever had
0: that. I will give that a try <laughs> just for you, Andy. Um, I generally avoid. Wow, well, not to sound so pretentious, but I generally avoid like really big craft generic loggers. But, but just for you, I'll hunt that down.
1: I mean, there's a place for the work in Man's <laughs> I, I've beer. never
0: even seen this. I don't <laughs> even know where I would find an AB Select.
1: Sorry.
2: Yes. No. That's great. Yeah. So anyway, so this this poor guy, he's. Everybody has an image in his in their head of this guy sad and alone and in his basement, uh, just massively mm-hmm. confused about the world <laughs> and how it works. <laughs> um, as as it turns out, he was actually married at the oh, time sh- with three children.
0: You're kidding me! And
2: um, he was a teetotaler. Oh my and god! So he. Really, his issue was that his children were watching these commercials and he was kind of upset about his children, or at least that's how he justified it later. I
0: don't know.
1: Yeah, you know, Um, you know how you get your children to not see those commercials turn off the TV, or you know
0: how you don't get your case dismissed, (laughs) bring it on behalf of your kids. Yeah, you can't allege an injury there if you don't have one to your if you detotal.
2: Well, and that that was really his problem because, yeah, I mean, he sued for false advertising. Basically, what he's saying is that Anheuser-Busch is pretending like you'll live in a fantasy world if you consume their products and ignores all of the harm that beer does. He alleged, you know, beer causes death and and serious injury and things like that. Which is not an outrageous claim, right? I mean it's kind of similar to what people said about cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem was this third claim that he suffered personal Mm. damages. And that's where everybody had a field day about like, oh really? Like (laughs) Anheuser Bush caused you to not have a wonderful life. <laughs> um, and, and basically th- this, his wife was, the, was
1: his wife
0: <laughs> offended by all this?
2: I, I don't I mean, know. I it sounds like he had a perfectly no fine life
0: if he had a wife and several. Yeah. Children.
2: Like, yeah, it, it sounds like maybe he was a little uptight yeah. about things, but, uh, it wasn't so much about like, you know, he, he wasn't that sad as it kind <laughs> of, um, but yeah, he, he alleged false advertising, uh, but the district court called that puffery. Uh, Which is just a term for advertisement Mm -hmm. where, you know, of course, if you're hawking a product, you're going to talk about how great it is and and mere puffery is not something. Yeah, I mean,
1: I remember when I was a kid and I was disappointed that when I took Tylenol, it didn't make the uh, like area of my body that was in pain, like glow blue instead of red (laughs) because it was solving the
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where is the
2: soothing blue
1: color emanating yeah. from? Oh, my me. gosh.
0: Just, <laughs> was that for it. real, Andy? Aw. It's adorable. <laughs> but even if you are not a child and an adult, or regardless of how old you are, advertisers can get away with a lot of, you know stretching, suspending disbelief, uh, exaggerating in the form of, as you said, Joe Puffery. And so they are not held to the standards of, otherwise ads wouldn't work. If ads were 100% true, they just would not be effective, right?
2: Right, yeah. I mean, what did he expect me to do? <laughs> like, cut to an AA meeting in the middle right. of the commercial? Like, I mean, like, no. Or yeah, tell that's you... what they're going to do. Yeah, you know?
0: exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, but it's an interesting point, so, you know, what cigarette companies are in kind of a uniquely situated, but like there are certain products that the FDA and the feds have ruled that are dangerous enough that they can't get away with certain forms of advertising. But so far, alcohol beer is not one of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think the court said that it was a widely known mm-hmm. issue. Like every, everybody knows what drinking too much beer can do to you. And so he couldn't recover based on that.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: so yeah, I was pretty quickly dismissed, but Yeah, there was a little bit more to it, but yeah, it was still definitely uh, something that maybe his attorney should have set him aside and said, you know, do you really want to claim this? That'll teach
1: you that'll teach you and anybody else to mess with the city of St. Louis (laughs) and their and their cultural and their cultural (laughs) institutions like Anheuser-Busch.
0: Oh, man. I
1: love it. And that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fine Laws, Don't Judge Me. Please subscribe to, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Check the show notes for related content. And if you'd like to contact us, send us an email at finelawpodcasts at Reuters.com.